Hello, hello. Welcome and welcome back to the United Mates Football Podcast. I'm joined as ever, yeah, by my co-host Joe. Um, if you're watching this, you're going to see us both proudly supporting our uh, our team's favourite colours. Today was the North London Derby, and we're going to be doing our first um, recap of a fixture on this on this podcast. So, um, Joe, I'd imagine you're probably in a yeah better mood than I am post North London Derby. Um, but otherwise, how are you doing? Hello, Kaito. Yeah, as you can imagine, feeling on top of the world. We're top of the league, just beating Arsenal in the North London derby. To be honest, I'm quite impressed that you're um, you, you're still up for doing this. I applaud you for speaking so soon after the match. But um, yeah, it's been a good weekend and this is just the, the cherry on top of a nice weekend, really, the 2-0 the win. Yeah, as um, we were just talking before we started uh, this call about uh, Wolves and Liverpool playing currently. And that result, if it holds, it's nil-nil at the minute, is yeah, only going to make the weekend even sweeter. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, this is our first sort of um, foray into match recaps. And uh, we're just sort of just going to freestyle it and see how it goes. But obviously, you know, Spurs won 2-0. Um, Harry Kane scored the eventual, I guess, winner. Son put you 1-0 up. Um, and that was all sort of done and dusted by, by half time. So we might as well start with the first half. What did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, I think the first half from a Tottenham fan's perspective couldn't have realistically gone any better than it did. Like you said, arguably when Kane smacked it in off the bar to make it 2-0, you could argue the game was maybe done at that point. Not that I was thinking that, but I guess given the way the game went, you could say that. And yeah, um, I think it can't, Yeah, it was kind of classic Mourinho. We sat back, um, we let you come to us, and then we tried to pick you off on the counter-attack. Although, I don't think anyone anticipated that Son would um, bang one in. <laughs> I mean, it's just another Tottenham wonder goal in recent years. We seem to have a bit of a habit of scoring these. But yeah, I was sad that I wasn't at the game. But yeah, my dad and I were, um, were going pretty wild when that one went in, that's for sure. It was a good goal. If I wasn't an Arsenal fan, it might have gotten me off my, my seat in another life. But... Um... Wow. Absolutely. On, on that goal, I mean, I don't know what you, you know, as a Spurs fan, I'm sure you just enjoyed it, essentially. But I don't know if you were aware of the t at the time of the pretty poor defending taking place for, by Arsenal in terms of, I believe it was Bellerin just backing off, backing off, backing off, and then holding between the two of them. I think they couldn't decide which one was going to go to Son, which one was going to mark the runner. And um, you can't take anything away from the finish. I mean, it was pretty much yeah. unstoppable. I mean, I I have some sympathy with the Arsenal defenders just because he was like, he must have been like 30 plus yards out when he smacked that in. So like, yeah, whereas probably one of them should be closing him down. No one's really anticipating it because he like, it reminded me a bit of Harry King's goal from a few years ago, but from a more like straight angle. And he's just like the curl. Oh, it was, yeah. I, as, as you can see, it was, just, it was lovely. Um, but yeah, that happened. And then, yeah, I guess from that point, we kind of had you where we wanted you. That's, you know, the Mourinho team, when they go 1-0 up, um, and as we're sort of becoming more of a typical Mourinho team, we probably weren't last year, they don't tend to um, let it slip from that point. And I think, ironically, when we, um, when we got the second goal, you were actually kind of on top at that point. It looked more like, if anything, that you'd maybe nick a goal before half-time. But yeah, I guess what was... What were you thinking? Obviously, we went one 0 up early. Were you were you worried at that point? Like, given how the form's been, were you like, "Oh God, it's where it's done," or were you were you still pretty positive and thought you'd get back into it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's you have to look at like two sets of form. Obviously, you guys are top, 
and we're closer to the to the bottom so in terms of our form once we went behind I wasn't and we were, we were on quite a goal drought as well so I wasn't yeah too um, optimistic that we were going to turn it around necessarily and then of course yeah your form you guys are top so you've been shutting out these games and then you know add to that the Mourinho factor you got one nil up early in a game at home um, so it wasn't looking too great but at the end of the day we've got enough talented players in the squad who've sort of been there and done that and in in North London derbies even before the likes of Aubameyang and Lacazette so with them on the pitch I always thought there was a chance but I mean you know we we sort of came close to coming close a couple of times. We never act, like maybe there was that Lacazette header that Loris pushed around the post in the second half that was genuinely maybe the closest that we came. We sort of flattered to deceive, but at this point, given the run of sort of losses that we're on, um, I am looking for positives and I could probably find a few, but that's just, I think the alternative is me being here on this call very, very depressed. So yeah, I'm going to try, try to look for a few positives, but yeah. um, we don't want an Arsenal fan TV moment where suddenly you're depressed nah. or you go on some like rant which goes viral or something. <laughs> well, the viral part maybe, but yeah, I mean, I, I take it like a rant about <laughs> Arsenal losing, but yeah, I want to save you some face as well. Yeah, exactly. So I guess well, let me flip that on you and ask um, in general, yeah. what, what did you make of Arsenal today? I guess like before the game started, it, it, I, I felt the same as I did that year, the, the last ever game at White Hart Lane, where that season we had been better. It was the one we finished second. And on paper, we should have been beating you easily. And I think we ended up doing it. But even so, you're always a bit nervous in these games because you're just thinking, oh, God, this is, is this going to be the game where Arsenal turn up and sort of do you? But no, I, I thought Arsenal were more or less kind of how I expected they'd be in a way. They, they were clearly up for it. In fairness, in the second half, they they had a lot of the ball. They they were pressing Spurs a bit. They kept winning the ball back, um, and Tierney looked great. I mean, he was he was you know really crossing the ball into the box, but a bit like um, Alex Scott was just saying on Sky Sports. Um, she was the pun. I don't know if you um, if you got a, a Sky Sports link or not, Kai. But um, she she was basically saying it's all, it's all well and good like getting all these crosses in the box, but you kind of need some. You need like a Giroud in there to yeah head in. And Arsenal didn't have it, so. I kind of felt like, yeah, they, yet again, it seems to be a constant theme this season for Arsenal. You just lack a bit of identity. You're, like, you're not a bad team, but I, no one really knows what, what you're trying to do. You just don't have a creative player. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that brings me to a couple of points. I don't have a, a Sky Sports over here in the States. I, I, I have to find other more sort of like nefarious ways to, yeah, yeah, to watch yeah. these games. But um, in terms of mentioning not having a focal point, even, you know, we, we don't have that player in our squad in terms of a Giroud. We just don't have that player, unless you're going to put Rob Holding up front. Um, <laughs> so otherwise, well, yeah, I mean, we reached a point today where we might as well have. But um, otherwise, honestly speaking, even Nketiah is more that focal point than Aubameyang in terms of a disciplined striker that likes to sniff out goals, a header here, a flick on here, getting in front of his man. And I, there was an earlier part of the season when we were dropping Lacazette, I think, and playing Aubameyang on the left with Nketiah through the middle, and it was confusing me, and I wasn't a fan of it. I like Nketiah, but I didn't think he was ready to be starting games in the Premier League. At this point, probably once it reached around an hour in the game, I thought, we might as well hook Aubameyang for Nketiah today, because like, what's Nketiah going to do? Try even less hard than, than Aubameyang was? He... It's, it's really, um, the Aubameyang thing's concerning, because... I think um, last season, I don't know if he had conversations with Arteta about sort of like 
conserving his energy in terms of an attacking player because he's always had a decent work rate defensively especially when we play him on the wing but going forward I, I i think maybe last season he was really picking his moments um sparingly to to use his energy and i think this season he's overthinking it and he's really really trying to pick his moments but we don't have enough creativity in midfield so those moments are few and far between and inevitably he's out of form so when he goes to try to do whatever it is the best thing he did today was that shot that Alderweireld blocked brilliant block really really good block and decent actually decent play from Aubameyang to just to just take the shot kind of early rather than mess around and that was you know it was a block shot but that was the best thing he did all game and it was a shot getting blocked so it was rubbish he might as well have not been on the pitch it's interesting with him because I don't think no one's really debating how good he is. He's one of the best strikers in the Premier League, if not in the world. But I don't know if this obviously he signed the contract. I don't know if maybe his motivation has gone down a bit. But also this whole thing that seems to have come up on a few of our more Arsenal themed episodes is I know he wasn't today. He, he's been playing out wide too much this season. I don't know if he's like forgotten how to score, but it's like he just he doesn't seem the same player that um, we're sort of used to seeing in a Bamiyang. And I mean, I hope it continues, but. It feels to have been a real error from Arteta that really like lose it because you lose um, Aubameyang's goals and as you can see Arsenal without o- Ozil kind of pulling the strings you don't really then have a, a a main man anymore you're just a sort of a pretty bland team which I've, I I can't say I've ever seen an Arsenal team this bland even like at the end of the Wenger era it felt like you still had a bit more about you um, than you do now so yeah I I think I mean I'm not upset about this I think Arteta has got a really big job on his hands for the rest of the season just to save it almost like just for it not to get completely go, go to get worse I and mean, it feels like it could I think you've got Burnley next Burnley away or something even at home like that's not an easy game right now they're going to be up for it they know you, if it's if it's at the Emirates which it might be you've lost so many games there and yeah I just I don't know I think anyone playing Arsenal at the moment is um going to be up for it and think that they can win and that's that was it, ne- it was never like that in the past never yeah, the only silver lining about the whole Aubameyang fiasco is that like we've somehow managed to create a bigger catastrophe almost than the Ozil situation. <laughs> so it's like nice to divert yeah. a bit of attention from that. But no, I'm joking. Like Aubameyang, it, it's very odd. Like I think when you're a goal scorer that's not scoring goals and not getting service, inevitably you're going to drop deeper to just get more of the ball because um, otherwise you really are standing on the pitch for 90 minutes, hardly getting a touch. The problem with Aubameyang is that we don't want him to drop deep and get the ball. We want him to stay up there, to be on the last man, to wait for the through ball. But there is an Ozil-sized hole in the sort of attacking midfield space behind Aubameyang, where, in theory, you would like someone to be collecting the ball. And now today, Lacazette performed that role relatively capably. Um I think leading up to that block from Aldovareld that we were talking about, Lacazette actually played a really good forward uh, pass to, to Aubameyang. And Lacazette is someone who is more comfortable at dropping deep, holding the ball up, um, playing on the half turn, playing um, with his back to goal, bringing other players into the game. Um, so that was a positive. Saka, Saka's performance again in moments was a positive. In theory, if you've got these guys sort of like running full pelt towards the opposition goal, or Bamiyang, Lacazette, Saka, Willian, maybe less so. It, it should be a goal threat, but between poor form and I think overcoaching uh, from Arteta, it's just not coming off. 
He's got to find, yeah, like you say, he's got decent players at his disposal. Whatever he's been doing this year, clearly it's not working. I guess the challenge for Arteta now, he's got to kind of prove his worth a bit. And look, no one's saying now this season in the Premier League is certainly not looking that positive, but he's got to just find a different way to get the best out of them. Look at, look at Mourinho, even kind of after lockdown in that weird little period when there were games, they were, I know we beat you, but we were quite lucky that day. Um, and we had some games where we were terrible and we were this kind of similar to how you are now. We kind of lacked identity. Everyone was saying Kane was finished, which is, I mean, yeah, now, which is just funny to think given he's, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll get onto that. But um, yeah, he, the, the challenge for Arteta now is to kind of reinvent the wheel a little bit, which maybe he didn't think he'd have to do this soon, but may, maybe in the long run, this is a good thing for him. I hope it's not, but he, he, yeah, he's, he's kind of got to, um, to change things. Otherwise... I could see it getting. I can't believe I'm saying this. You're 15th, I think. It could get worse. I'm not. You're not going to get relegated, but it, in the short term, it could get worse. Yeah, I'm sort of telling myself that we can't get relegated. Likewise, so I've sort of dropped, written off the Premier League at this point. Even though had we won this game, the yeah, top, you'd be the top right four in. would have been like a very real thing, and it, and it, and it's just one game, and there's lots to play. So there is. You can't say that it's over on the form that we are in right now though it is more likely to get worse before it, get, it gets better so um yeah at the end of the day we need to turn things around sooner rather than later because there's only so many games in a season and uh, you never know um, i think or just go for the cups you seem to be you seem to be a bit of a cup team these days so maybe just sack off the league just don't get relegated obviously i mean do but obviously don't from your side mm. and then win well i guess win the europa league but that's easier said than done obviously i just don't think arteta's the the guy to be ruthless like that, to drop senior pros uh, for youngsters just to sort of like um, bring forward the 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 process of, of, of sort of rebuilding. I don't think he's the, necessarily been in the game long enough to feel assured within himself enough to say, Willian, we've just brought you in on a two, three year contract for, you know, upwards of a hundred thousand pounds a week, but actually you're going to be a, you are my bench player. Like you are a sub. I don't think he, he has, um, it within himself to do that to someone like Willian, to someone like Xhaka, bizarrely, who looked like he'd sort of like his Arsenal career was over in the Emery days, but has managed to come back into the fold. Um, but he does need to, he really does need to begin to distance himself from these players. The players like Willian, like Xhaka, like even Hector Bellerin in terms of starters in his team. Uh, they're not going to take us anywhere. They, where they're taking us is the is the path that we're on right now. And um it needs guy. to change. If he's not, like you said, it, it will in the short term get worse, which is just going to make things more toxic and there's going to be more Arsenal fan TV weird videos and stuff. But the thing is, the positive and the reason why I don't see why he wouldn't is because it does seem like Arsenal actually do have quite a lot of good, well, good young players that if they're giving some game time in the Premier League, they're not going to do worse than what the current bunch are doing. That, I mean, they, they, and if anything, they might do a little bit better. And also, Quite frankly, at this point in the season, yeah, don't embarrass yourselves in the league. But you have—he's already won a trophy for Arsenal. You got to the Europa League final a year or so ago. Like, just go for the FA Cup, and well, you're, you're still even in the Carabao. I mean, yeah, yeah, we're going to get knocked out of that by Man City quite soon. But oh shit, I forgot you had <laughs> Man City. But, but you know, you, in terms of the talented youngsters, I think that relatively within the Premier League, we are in a good position in terms of academy players that we that will, will end up being Premier League quality players. Whether or not at Arsenal, that's a different story. But I just think that 
it's I don't know where the lack of confidence in some of these players come from. You look at someone like Saka, and whilst I'm glad that he's not some, you know, like a Deli Alley, you know, mouthing off and and being all flash and stuff, like I'm glad about that. But he's quite a timid character, as is someone like a Reese Nelson, as is someone like uh, Joe Willock. Um, Gabriel Martinelli, on the other hand, and Matteo Genduzzi, who at this point isn't really worth talking about, they had a bit of steel to them. I don't know if it's because they're not English and they didn't necessarily feel the same pressure of being an academy product, but beyond that, you look at someone like Mason Greenwood, you look at someone like Phil Foden. These guys are quite fearless and they take risks on the pitch. Um, I think the only reason they can do that is because either their manager has given them the confidence to do that and to know that if they make a mistake that he's not going to shout at them and that the senior players in the squad likewise have bought into the fact that they have youthful players who inevitably will make a mistake here and there but they're not on their back when it happens i don't know if arsenal players are digging each other out in training or are they forming factions clearly lacazette and Aubameyang are quite tight and they're two of the more senior players i don't know if there is a divide in terms of like the younger players and the more senior pros at Arsenal. But one way or another, it seems like the youngsters who arguably have the most talent and inevitably other teams are going to know the least about because they haven't been around for as long. So these are the guys that we really should be using to sort of... All I'd um, say, all yeah. I'd say, even though I think that you should start playing them more, well, the one difference between Foden and Greenwood, between like a, a Reese Nelson... Not Saka, because I actually think Saka's really good, but like a Reese Nelson... Joe Willicks, those kind of guys. They're good, but they're not they're not quite on that level. But I think you're right. Maybe that lack of confidence from them comes from the fact that they've grown up a bit like you, I guess, seeing Arsenal, you know, these brilliant Arsenal teams that used to make my life a misery when I was a little kid. And they probably know that like deep down they are they're not at that level. They're never going to be able to kind of But the thing is they've kind of got to a bit like how Arsenal fans used to laugh at Spurs for like, you know, our past glories are in the past. You kind of to some extent have to move on from that time and just kind of go for the time being. We're a different team now. If we can get top four, that's great. And you've, you've probably made, you're probably maybe one player short, two players short. You're not far off top four um, if it all gels together. I just feel like, yeah, you're right. You're right. They need a bit more confidence. And also going back to the Martinelli guy, he actually is very good again. And it's been unfortunate that just after that kind of wonder goal against Chelsea, where suddenly everyone thought, you've got your new star. He got injured fairly soon, I think, after that. Yeah, and and it's quite a bad injury as well. He's been out we'll for a while. Him, but you've got to assume he's probably going to come back and be quite good. Um, if so. It might be too late by the time he comes back. Yeah. But um, yeah, let's talk about Tottenham though, Kai. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's do that. Why not? <laughs> um, why, don't you, why, why don't you, I'll let you say whatever you want to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, was I impressed today? Uh, yes and no. I, I, does anybody really like want to be impressed by watching that type of performance? Like not really, but was it solid? Have they bought into it? Yes. Um, were you sort of like quietly in control and maybe more comfortable than it appeared at times? Yeah, seemingly so. Cause we didn't, you know, we hardly troubled Loris. Like you said, I think it's inevitable when the opposition has a lot of possession to feel some sort of tension, but realistically, Mourinho has taken you guys quite a long way and in terms of a defensive unit. So I think that you might have those moments throughout this season where you go one nil up and then concede a lot of possession. And inevitably it looks like more times than not, you're going to 
see it out. And while teams are attacking you, you've got, you know, Son and Kane. That second goal, the first goal and the second goal, you know, it was the same thing. It was just, it was just a break and it, it, you knew it was coming. But just because you know something's coming doesn't mean you can necessarily stop it. At the end of the day, Kane and, and Son are exceptional footballers. Yeah. But the naivety at which Arsenal played into Spurs' hands for both of those goals also is telling. Um, so was I super impressed by Spurs? I don't know if I'll ever be impressed <laughs> in the sense that I sort of think about when I'm thinking about a football team playing football. But... Um, does it give me fear that you guys can go on and be successful under Mourinho is probably a better question. And the answer would be yes. And I think that that applies to cup competitions and more scarily into the, to the premier league at this point, things can change. It's a long season, but at this point you couldn't argue that Spurs aren't in the title race. Yeah. I mean, Today, and to be honest, look, the last three games, we played City, Chelsea, Arsenal. We've won two of them. We've drawn one. We've conceded no goals. Realistically, yeah, maybe it would be nice to beat Chelsea, but we literally never win at Stamford Bridge apart from that one time a few years ago. Like, it's gone as well as it could have done. Um, like you said, Son and Kane at the moment are almost on a different level to, like, anyone else in the Premier League. So, if you have a team that is set up, knows their roles, is... Yeah, it can be at times boring or I'm not going to lie, like quite scary when they, like you said, when the other team has the ball as a Tottenham fan, I'm just programmed to thinking that the other team is going to score eventually. Like I was convinced that Arsenal would get a goal and it would be like some horrible final 10 minutes, but they didn't. Um, yeah. I just think it's so exciting at the moment because for the first time it's, it's too early to get too excited, but for the first time ever under Mourinho, like the style of football we're playing, it feels like the players confident in they, they they know what they're meant to be doing on the pitch they all the players we've got this center midfielder in Hoiberg now who is brilliant and he's a general and he we we ha I, I can't really remember ever having someone like that and it, and it kind of puts you at ease because even in that second half there'd be times that he'd snuff out the ball and just when Arsenal were looking mm. like they were gonna do something he 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 just he just make you at ease as I was saying and then yes yeah, Son and Kane I mean you can't go wrong with those two at the moment. On Sky Sports, again, I'll go back to after the game. They were trying to be a bit talk sporty and kind of be like, will Tottenham fans be happy with this? Like, what happens if they start losing games? Well, yeah, if we start losing games, obviously we're going to be annoyed. But at the moment, we're playing in the most negative way I've seen Spurs play ever, and we're top of the league. Like, how, as a fan, what more can you ask for? We just beat our rivals 2-0. We're top of the league. It's great. It would even be sort of ironic for me to to try to poke holes in that too because even when we were successful the times we have been successful under Arteta I should say the style of football that we've played has not been good it's been defensive counter-attacking football that's how we won the FA Cup that's how we were successful last season so football's a results-based game and you'd have to be playing some pretty dreary stuff to not enjoy winning every game so it's not quite at that level. Like you, you guys still, you know, you scored an exciting goal with, you know, you still, it's still, it's, still well, it's, exactly. it's going to be up there for one of the goals of the season. Um, and yeah. Kate, we've scored another, yeah, we scored another great goal. We, we had some moments where we looked good. Um, and even defensively, Toby's done an amazing block. Hoiberg has like worked his socks off again. I would struggle to find any Tottenham. I know that the media keep pushing it. And again, there's the Mourinho thing and they're trying to get reaction out of people, but 
I, I don't think there is one Tottenham fan in the world now. Yeah, we're top of the league, but I don't like that we're playing this negative. No one's going to say that. And actually, maybe as depressing as it is, maybe we should have started playing like this a few years ago. We're, ne- we're never going to. We're never going to be the most talented team on the pitch, even though we've got Son and Kane. We're, we're never going to compete with City. To some extent, even Liverpool seem to outspend us. Um, but Jose, he's got a squad now that he knows is really talented. He's got a way of playing that he's always liked to play. He's finally got the players to buy into that. And now slowly, I think that, not even slowly, I think this season, finally, the, the Canes and the Sons actually think, you know what? I'm in the team that can win something. Kane's post-match interview, he looked calm, confident, not too, obviously he's buzzing, he's won, but he's focused on something bigger than we've ever tried. He's, we, he's trying, he wants to win the league. And as you said, look, it's so early, but it feels for the first season ever sort of realistic. Like it wouldn't, it would be a shock still, but you can't argue that it would be that much of a surprise now because we're, Tottenham have never played like this. I think it's as simple as that. We've got the Mourinho factor going now. We've never had that kind of, um, I don't know, really, I'm trying to think of a word. It's kind of just that shrewdness to get get ahead and just do what you kind of have to do and just well, win. It's because he's turned you into a bunch of C words. And, <laughs> and it, it's true. I was thinking that during the game. You, you, you know, you, you've probably had players in the past who've annoyed me more. Oh, and, yeah. And Ho- Hoiberg, Hoiberg is a good player. But him and Lacelso were a bunch of C words today. The rest of the team, like that's just how they roll, like that. And, and you know, again, when it's your team and you're winning, I'm not going to complain about it. If if Arsenal won today and sort of pushed the line of fair play, although you didn't necessarily do that, but like I said, there was some sort of um... yeah, and it, it swings and roundabouts as well because I sort of accept that. But then look at Xhaka and Lacazette today. There is a North London. But let's go back to, again. We'll go back in the history books for Arsenal, the invincible team. One of the best Premier League, well, one of the best English football teams ever. They were a nasty team. They oh, yeah. were like, like you know, uh, even Bergkamp supposedly is one of the nasty. I think everyone, all the Arsenal players say, in terms of training, Bergkamp was vicious. Yeah, so that's what I mean. And also, you know, the like, you you didn't like Pochettino. You would have hated with Delhi and Pochettino's team back when we had Harry Redknapp. Yeah, I'm sure that to some extent, maybe we're a little bit more unlikable now because we we are a bit tough and a bit kind of like we're we're willing to kind of be a bit Machiavellian, just do what it takes to win. But everyone's always hated Tottenham. So, you know, we might as well, if we're going to be hated, we might as well, like, start winning and stuff. And at least that seems to be the Mourinho factor now. Yeah, we're always going to be that team that people are going to kind of laugh at. And if we mess up, we're going to be taking the piss out of. But at the moment, no one can really take the piss out of us because we're we're just, do, we're, for once, we're just actually doing what needs to be done. So, yeah. hallelujah. It's <laughs> Finally. It's almost, it's interesting that, where you guys have been so outwardly and obviously successful this season with regards to being a counter-attacking team and specifically with um, Kane and Son. I'm not saying that Mourinho took that from Arteta or anything like that, but it's just funny that that is how, like I was saying, that's how we were successful at the end of last season. And it is a good tactic, but it does require everyone to have bought into it. Yeah, That's happening right now at Spurs. You've made good signings with someone like Hoiberg, who, regardless of the technical performance that he puts in on the pitch, is going to fight and is going to communicate with his players in front of him, beside him and behind him. And he's a leader. 
He's he's a leader, and that's you in. And Eric Dyer is a leader as well, regardless again of the performance that he's going to give you. Technically speaking, Harry Kane is he not as much. Exactly, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's not as vocal necessarily on the pitch, but he is a leader. So where we are lacking in leadership, Spurs through their spine, we've just mentioned that's Kane, Hoiberg, Dyer. Your captain is Lloris. So literally. I- through the but spine he, of the team, you have a leader in goal, defense, midfield, yeah. and attack. We arguably, arguably have maybe one leader throughout that spine of the team in our entire squad who is Aubameyang, and that is more of a token gesture with the armband. Than, That's coming, yeah. Than, yeah. Exactly. Like, So it's just um, realistically not to take credit away from Tottenham's squad, you have to place a lot of credit on them and on Mourinho and his coaching team. Um, Because clearly they do a lot of preparation for these games. Your game plan isn't massively different each week, but you could see today how once they were aware of Lacazette as a creative presence in the midfield, that between your defense and your midfield, they squeezed up on him so much that he could just not get the ball into feet. And that nullified our attacking threat through the middle of the pitch at least. Um, yeah, and then yeah. once um, we got more joy down the wings, he brought on Ben Davies and gave you guys wing backs to counter our wing play. So he's such a good game by game tactician. I'm sure he has people in his ear around him who are also good at that, doing the video analysis and whatnot. But essentially, yeah, what you've done is you've moved into a new stadium. You've hired one of the most successful managers in recent history, if not the most successful manager in the recent history of football. You've, you know, bumped up your squad with leaders and good players and you've even incorporated the likes of someone like Ledley King into the coaching team a you know playing legend who is gonna inspire a lot within these players so is the project a good one yeah um is it so am I happy about it no <laughs> obviously not but the thing is you kind of you kind of made the point I think earlier on when you basically said like, yeah, we sort of, everyone knows we're going to sit back a bit and play on the counter-attack. But like you were saying, it doesn't really matter if you know we're going to do that. Because when you have Son and Kane, um, and Kane especially dropping back, I mean, Kane's, you know, like Arsenal lack creativity. Kane is just taking the piss at the moment with some of his passes. So it doesn't really matter what, because eventually most teams are going to lose the ball to us when they're attacking. If we can then get the ball to Kane, he's got a little bit of space. He's probably more often than not going to find Son. If Son's got a bit of space, he's obviously not going to score a goal like that every week. I mean, I wish he did, but that that's that was a slight anomaly. But he will, if he gets some space and he's throwing goal, more often than not, he's scoring. The thing that was interesting, you said, you said I don't think that uh, Mourinho's got it from Arteta. I think it's the other way around. It's the, Mourinho's always been the best when he's, ha- when he's been at clubs where there's like the underdog mentality, where he has to, in order for him to succeed, Porto... To some extent, even Chelsea in his first spell, um, Inter Milan as well. It's when he has to kind of... The, the only way with those teams you're going to really achieve big things is everyone... You have to kind of go, everyone needs to buy into this. We're going to play in this way and you're all going to... Yeah, you're going to put in 110%. He's done that. And what Arteta was successful at at the end of last year was, again, he recognised we're not one of the big boys. We're a challenger. So the way we succeed again is getting that squad mentality right, playing... Use, using your assets like a Bamiang, like whoever else was playing well last year for Arsenal, 
And yeah, you've lost that, whereas we've totally gained it. And we're lucky in that Kane stepped it up a level. He's now like a, a 10 and a 9 in, in one. And um, Son's raised his game too. But Ledley King as well. I just want to speak about him because I don't know if you saw, but Tottenham did this funny thing last week, actually, um, on their Twitter account, which was called Jose Cam. So it's literally a bit like where they literally have this camera that I don't, they'll probably do it this week as well. It literally just focuses on Jose Mourinho and you just get to watch him be Jose Mourinho, basically. But there was a really interesting bit where um, in the second half of the Chelsea game, Ledley King out of nowhere, he's quite a placid guy. He, he runs up. Suddenly you see him going, Eric, organise, Eric, Eric. And I honestly think, I don't want to, I'm probably taking far too much from that one clip, but he has made such a difference to that defence because I think he is someone like Eric Dyer, who I've been openly quite critical of. Now he's got someone like Ledley King, literally his, his almost his role is just to like mentor him, tell him what to do. If you have a legend like that, who was one of the, most, the calmest defenders of his game and brilliant telling you what to do, that's going to give you confidence. And you can see there's a reason why we've got on the best defences now because Dyer's more comfortable. We had Toby back today, who that was one of his best performances in quite a while. And again, everyone just knows their roles. They, they feel more confident. The Reese has even upped his game again. He had a dodgy few years. Since Mourinho has been at Spurs, he's looked, I don't know, I don't know back to his, because he was incredible a few years ago, but he looks brilliant again. So whatever Jose is doing, I just want him to continue. And yeah, we'll see. If, if, if we are still playing like this in a few months' time, it might be the happiest I've been supporting Spurs in arguably my whole life. So fingers crossed there. Yes, the the one saving grace is that when and hopefully the day never comes, if it does, that yeah, Mourinho brings you a trophy. You can guarantee that he'll be gone within like six months, probably. Um, I don't mind. Like with Mourinho, I mean, I'm not going to hide. I I really despised him before he was at Tottenham. Probably like Arsenal fans, like I didn't like him. Obviously, like I didn't really like his style of football. He was so you know the whole Chelsea thing. Even going to he was just someone I found really annoying and just yeah a bit anti-football. But now. I, I, you know, maybe maybe I love the guy just yet. I'll love the guy if if we do end up going to the promised land and winning a few things. But it's hard not to really, really like him at the moment because he's done something that even Pochettino has, hasn't managed. And he's got us believing, I think. I think that even though Pochettino did a lot for us, I still think that there was never quite this assurance in the the Tottenham team. And maybe that's me being a bit overexcited in its early days, but if something feels different about this in a, in a good way. Really. Yeah. I mean, I hope, I hope you're wrong. Cause that's all I've really got is hope. And um, <laughs> I just uh, have to tell myself that you're not going to win the premier league because realistically, I think that would be my worst nightmare. Um, I'm just like now like, know, having like flashes of like Harry Kane, like li lift it. And it's really will burn itself into my brain and I won't be able to sleep at night. Well, if that he, happens. He was there when Arsenal won the Invincibles. He, um, he went and yeah, he's probably an Arsenal fan, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah but I, I kind of, I kind of like that even more now. A kid that potentially in his early years even played for like Arsenal under eights. He dyed his hair red, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He's now just become the all time goal scorer for Tottenham. He loves Tottenham now. And he's a, he's, he's our legend. So yeah, it's great. It's, I, I love it. But um, but yeah, Kai, I was going to say, at least you're in LA. So you won't have to sort of see me. And That's true. Or, well, sadly, at our school, obviously, it was a bit more red than Lily White. But um, oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just hoping that all this COVID stuff's die down by then, because there needs to be, if there's not a parade, that'd be so sad. But I'm not, I, I shouldn't even visualise this. I need to just, yeah. yeah when are you going to get the DVD from today? Oh, you know, I'll, I'll take the DVD from the last few weeks. It's been great. Yeah. And 
And the great thing now is that obviously that was the joke for ages. And but we we, well, we it's still the joke. It's still the joke. Still the joke. Yeah, but you know what? You could have the if, if we if we are top, you could have the jokes. But this season, we've beaten United six one. We've beaten City and and yeah, and I'm being kind going up, but still we've beaten Arsenal North London derby. It's big. We've gone to Chelsea and not lost, and they are looking good as much as I hate to say mm. it, but they're going to be there and about. We've got Liverpool in. I think we've got Palace next, which won't be easy. They just won 5-1. But if we can get a good result there, Liverpool at Anfield is going to be a really interesting game because it's another ground like Stamford Bridge we don't tend to win at. But they've got a few injuries and it feels like it's as good a chance of us beating them at Anfield in the last few years. And if we could get a win there, then I think I'll really be believing we could win the league. I think that could be a watershed moment just because, yeah, again, it would be something that we just don't do normally. Um but yeah, I assume it will probably just put ten men behind the ball and just hope we get that draw and then maybe nick a win. But well, it's, that's that's going to be a really interesting one for Spurs. I guess before we wrap up, let me let me ask you uh, today in the context of the season, how how big does it feel? Because you're talking about there's still these games that you're looking forward to. That obviously the City one, or sorry, the um, the Liverpool one, for instance, you'd assume could be a bigger game than today's. But even still, how? big was it for you to still get just carry on winning and then also what would you what would your thoughts have been if for instance Arsenal had turned it around today and say when it, we were one nil down leveled it up at one one and then the game sort of just fizzled out from there how would a one how would a draw have felt from your perspective I been, obviously I would have been gutted um look aside from the North London derby and I know it's tight but we were still you know a team at the top and you're a team you're as bad as I've ever seen you. You're you're 15th now. You're 14th maybe before the game, whatever. Um, yeah, I would have been annoyed, but I guess the fact is that we maybe in the past we would have done that. We're not doing that now. We're we have this steel about us now. We're actually even at the end of that first half where Arsenal were growing to the game a bit more and actually looking like maybe you'd nick a goal before half time. We then you're, you've you've had a, an attack. We've gone down the other end. I know Thomas Partey's kind of walked off the pitch, um, which helped, but. Um, yeah, we've gone and made it 2-0 and mentally at that point, the Arsenal players going at half-time crush. That that felt very un-Tottenham-like. And yeah, I, and this is the thing that, even that, that was kind of what-if question. Of, yeah, I, I would have been annoyed, but we're not doing that. At the moment. And I, I can only go on what we're doing at the moment. We're, um, we're doing what we have to do in these games. So yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, well, I, I won't echo that sentiment, but... <laughs> Um, I will say because I, you know, try to be try to be relatively impartial and and, and humble. Uh, I'm sure also, Kai, there there will come a time when we do one of these videos where maybe it will be after a more disappointing Spurs game. So I'm sure you'll get you'll get a day when I won't be so happy, and maybe maybe again there'll be brighter days for Arsenal to come. I hope not, but you know, there's there's still a long way to go, as they say. Yeah, yeah there is. And on that note, I guess yeah, we'll have a few more of these um, to look forward to, as there are so many match weeks to get through still. Um, I'd say you can pretty much probably expect the majority of reactions to games in which Arsenal and Spurs are involved, but we're not above um, sort of, yeah, giving our, lending our two cents on, um, on other teams, as it were. So look forward to a few more of these match recaps. Um, but like I was, I was saying, congratulations to, to, to Joe today. Congratulations to Spurs. Collectively, they, they sit at, at, at the top of the table. Um, and... Uh, yeah, gosh, like I'll let Joe wrap this up probably because I'm just yeah no you yeah, you've just, well enough, I'm a bit sick I just feel a bit sick yeah yeah I, I applaud your um how you've been you've you've taken this well and you haven't you haven't gone full Arsenal fan TV so well done on that too um 
But yeah, I think all that's left to say is I'm delighted. Kaitel's not so happy. But if you want to listen to more of us and yeah, more kind of episode or interview style content, give us a follow on um, social media. Um, we're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And you can follow us at United Mates FP. And then um, we've also got a YouTube channel. Just type in United Mates Football Podcast. Please subscribe. Please um, give us good reviews on wherever you're listening to this or watching this. Oh, and yeah, and here's Zeus as well, just for some final, um, final nice little way to, to go out on. But yeah, thank you very much, everybody. Come on, you Spurs, and we will see you soon. Goodbye.